Tunes In. Dr. Mitch Shulman is here. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. All right. So I'm reading that maybe I should be thinking about getting a COVID-19 booster this fall. What's in the offing? Yeah, look, it makes sense. And we talked about this earlier. The National Advisory Committee on, on Immunization, uh, hands off. They're a bunch of scientists who have nothing to do with government. They look at the data and they make recommendations and they evolve their recommendations as the data changes, as it warrants coming out with new recommendations. And we, we, you and I had already discussed this, that I anticipated that we would probably suggested that we get a booster in the fall. And that's what they've come out with. The beauty of NASI is, if you don't want to believe them, that's cool. But you can actually read what they've recommended. You can see the science that they based it on, and you can come to your own conclusions. So there's no hidden agenda here. The data is all out there. You can decide. But the recommendation is going to be COVID has evolved. It's now a background virus, like the flu, like colds, like RSV. And if you can and you want and you're able to you should really protect yourself against it the same way you protect yourself against the flu every season and the same way that the flu evolves each year so covid seems to be evolving each year and the vaccine they're making for the coming fall will be based on the lineages that are circulating now which aren't the huge changes that we've seen before you know that oh my god this is so different these are minor variations a lot like what flu does normally too every once in a while flu does make a leap I suspect COVID will do the same. And the recommendation is, if you haven't had the disease or you haven't been vaccinated in the last six months, we're going to suggest that you get a vaccine in the fall to protect you in the fall against all the viruses that will be circulating and the increased risk that always comes with the fall. And remember, a series is at least two, if not three shots of the mRNA vaccines or having had the disease along with a combination of that. If you've only had two shots of the vaccine, you're not vaccinated and you should know that. I had an interesting conversation not long ago with the author of a book called Ultra Processed People, and uh, Chris Van Tulliken was advancing the idea that basically ultra processed food is killing us in five different ways, but apparently there is a means of actually building a healthy or not necessarily unhealthy diet out of ultra processed food. Yeah, and I think you have to, yeah, you have to be careful about what's de defined as ultra-processed food. So uh, 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 turkey breast or chicken breast that could be viewed as ultra-processed or tuna in a can or uh, uh, corn or peas in a can. And so at the journal, uh, in the Journal of Human Nutrition, the American Department of Agriculture put together a healthy diet based on quote-unquote ultra-processed foods. But if they take foods like like that, you can understand how at the end of the day, maybe these aren't what we meant by ultra-processed foods. You know, a burrito, uh, a ch chicken breast, these things depending on how they've been put together. And the key message is not that ultra-processed is good or bad, is that you have to read labels. And if there's stuff on the label that you can't read and don't understand, maybe this doesn't belong in your body. Uh, but just because it's been processed doesn't necessarily mean that it's unhealthy. You have to look at the ingredients. The one problem they got into with this quote-unquote ultra-processed diet was high salt. 
which was a real problem for them, and not enough vitamin D and E and uh, an essential uh, chemical called choline. But um, that's something that I don't think most of us will run into because I don't think most of us will only be eating quote-unquote ultra-processed foods. But before you rush out to your local fast food emporium and decide, aha, it's okay to eat ultra-processed uh, foods because these people in the Journal of Human Nutrition said it was, no, 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 no. What they said was, you have to really read the labels and pick and choose things that are good for you, processed or not. Well, and it's interesting because that's one of the points that was made in that interview with uh, the good doctor was he said, listen, we've been processing food since the beginning of time. I mean, smoked salmon is processed food. It's just, you Thank know, you. what's the yeah. content? Thank you. Exactly, exactly. I think people have to be, common sense, unfortunately, isn't common anymore, and that's a problem. So apparently poor air quality and wildfire smoke are combining and giving us eye troubles? Yeah, I don't know about you, but the first thing that goes with me when the air quality falls apart is not my lungs. I don't start wheezing. I don't start coughing. I don't have shortness of breath. My eyes start burning. Now, I do have seasonal allergies, and I'm on medication for it. But if you have allergies and your eyes are where you have your allergies, they're already set up for it. If you have dry eyes, you're already set up for it. And so bad air quality will make the irritation, inflammation, the tearing, the, ir the, the scratchiness of your eyes worse. Uh, and, that, and that's something you need to be careful of. Now, we don't know the long-term consequences of that. We just don't know. No one's ever looked at something like that. So again, treat your eyes properly. If you have seasonal allergies, take them. Even if you don't have seasonal allergies, you may find that the smoke in the air bothers you. In which, in which case, if you use one of those artificial tear solutions that the pharmacist can help you select in the pharmacy to help clean, protect, and keep your eyes moist, you'll find that you have much less symptoms and they probably do you a lot of good if you have to be out when the air quality falls apart. Okay, and one last quick story about smartwatches, and they may be able to detect Parkinson's and way ahead of any time where the signs might show up. Yeah, this is a fabulous study in Nature Medicine, a huge database of which they could only take a small number, unfortunately. But in using data and artificial intelligence to analyze the data from the rate of acceleration of people who are wearing their smartphones uh, for a week, or smartwatches rather, for a week, they were able to pick up subtle signs of the movement disorder that is part of Parkinson's before it was clinically obvious to either the person or their doctors. Now, obviously, this has to be confirmed in a much larger data set. But if this does work, it has tremendous potential. Because one of the problems with Parkinson's is we sort of treat it, but we can't treat it. We can't cure it. We don't really know um, how we can stop the disease in its tracks. Maybe part of the problem is because of the by the time we diagnose it, it's already done so much damage. So maybe if we can pick it up this much earlier, we will be able to treat the disease much more effectively. So early days for this, but definitely a ray of hope. And it just shows you what bringing a focus on a disease, as Michael J. Fox has done with Parkinson's, helps bring money, research, eyes, and interest, and always helps bring us closer to a cure for any disease. Thank you, Dr. Mitch. A pleasure. Have a great day. That's our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman, White Coat Wednesdays. Well, every Wednesday at 6.50.